They've won Brit Awards. They've won Grammys. They are icons on a global scale when we talk about dance music over the years. It's English duo Basement Jacks. They released seven albums and across those there are just so many amazing ones, aren't there? You've got songs like Romeo. There's the bang of Where's Your Head At? And you've also got these songs that always seem to inspire joy, you know, Do Your Thing. And they really are just one of those acts where I feel like we could do inspired episodes on about a hundred of their songs, but we've had to focus. So today we have chosen a favourite. It's easily one of the biggest and it's special for a number of reasons. It's good luck. This song pushed them to do things that they had never done before. It also had them thinking about dominating festival stages across the world and it has a very personal and self-pointing message within it. One half of Basement Jacks, Felix Buxton, is joining you via Skype to talk about the song that was number 13 in Triple J's Hottest 100 of 2003, This is Good Luck by Basement Jacks for Inspired. I'm Linda Mariano. Let's get into it. Felix Buxton, hello. How are you? Uh, Good evening, afternoon, morning, whatever time it is there. (laughs) Nice to speak to you. <laughs> nice to speak to you. So, look, let's get right into it. Let's get into the time that you started writing Good Luck. So I've been led to believe that it was 2003. So um, we'd done Remedy, our first album, Ruthie, the second one. The music probably in the dance sphere and we were playing a lot more festivals and we wanted something that was going to relate to more of a festival audience. So it was more kind of not just dance heads, it was rock heads. And also dance music at the time was becoming more kind of electro clash, they called it back then. So it was kind of a bit tougher. Good Luck started as a a kind of Motown song. That's that's the sort of direction. Also, if you think at that time there was Amy Winehouse was around and music kind of took a different, a slightly different turn. So actually, Lisa Kakaola, we flew her over from the States to try a couple of things. Uh, the, the main song we tried her with was Plug It In. And that's what she came to do and she never ended up singing the song she sang it it sounded good and it just wasn't really working so um, we had two days with her in the studio and then the second day she came back and Simon was strumming on the guitar I had just scribbled lyrics down really quickly I was kind of writing a song to myself I was being my girlfriend singing to myself 
so it was quite, it's kind of quite a weird song, the way I was writing it. But also I was writing it for Lisa, who's this really strong woman. She's just like a, a real mighty force and like a, a belting vocal. Yeah, she takes no nonsense. Tell me, tell me, is life just a playground? Think you're the real deal, honey. And someone will always look out for you. We were doing something that felt very much more from her world and straightforward. Mm. And Simon is very much in into rock. He was just strumming something straightforward. It was like, okay, we'll just make a song. So it's like, play a couple of chords. He played a couple of chords. And then the song was born. And then we spent ages and ages in the studio when Lisa had gone. We were trying to work out what the song was in which direction. It took us ages, actually, good luck. Also, we had layers and layers of sound and the computer wouldn't actually stop working at some point because we had so many different tracks and we couldn't find various bits. I'm a, a big fan of kind of noises in the background and kind of it all being part of the soundscape. But towards the end of the song, we actually couldn't find some of the bits in the music and we thought we'd just leave them. <laughs> That's one of the striking things about this song is that when I was listening to it again today, it is just this cacophony of sounds, Felix. Mm -hmm. There is so much stuff happening, but it's all so different. Mm -hmm. But that's life as well. And, and I suppose for me with music, it's always been those kind of extra bits. That keeps the interest. And also that means kind of whatever you're doing, whatever you're experiencing, there's so many other things going on. Good luck doesn't seem like a peace song. But we're all trying to get meaning in our life and get to that point where everything is at one, aren't we? And good luck is kind of a very kind of banging off the walls way to get there. Yeah, it's kind of like slapping someone into like how you've got that line, that kind of that wa wake, wake up, up baby. baby. You're so yeah. totally deluded. You'll end up old and lonely. If you don't get a bullet in your head. Did it surprise you to be writing about yourself in such a kind of aggressive way? It was only years later, actually, someone was talking about this song and they said, what's that all about? At the time, I thought it was slightly my idea of my girlfriend singing to me and asking what I wanted as far as the relationship going forward. Was it going to carry on? And should I be with her anymore? And if we break up, I, I don't know, all these notions in life, but it wasn't thought about at the time. It's only afterwards looking at it, it's like, oh, oh okay, that was, that's quite funny that it was kind of attacking myself. So you worked on this song with Lisa. You had, as you said, what, two days or something before she had to fly back. You'd, you'd gotten her flight. Yeah. And then from there, the process began. What happened? So Simon and I spent many, many hours in the studio. But that time we were doing live performances. We were doing a lot of big festivals. Um, I mean, in Australia, we were doing big day out and like very big stages. And we were kind of, we'd moved from being in the dance tent to being on the main stage. And so, yeah, our shows had become more involved and kind of took more turns. And and basically it was it was something that we, we could play and we were, yeah, we were just trying to get it to find its home. We hadn't had strings arranged before and we thought, okay, it'd be great to have a, a string intro like James Brown used to have.
it was to really set it up as kind of like a classic piece of music. This is the string intro that Felix is referring to. Gosh, it is just so sweeping. It's such a call to attention, Felix. Yeah, exactly. And But actually, that whole string intro, I think that was originally about two and a half minutes long, and then it got um, cut down to about 20 seconds. Like you said, that was the first time that you had ever used strings, and you said you had this idea of exactly how you wanted it to sound. Do you remember when you first heard it within the song? Like, did you and Simon look at each other and go, yeah? Well, I remember going to record it. It was recorded in, I think it was, they were called Olympic Studios, I think, just outside London. Probably the Beatles and Rolling Stones, whoever, they'd all recorded strings there. So it felt like a really grown-up way to be making music. That's why people go to orchestras and and you're there with all the, the strings playing and it's it's really romantic and hopeful and melancholy and 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 amazing and all these adjectives did you think that it was a really exciting thing as well coming from like you were saying the dance music world was changing a lot and within the basement jacks trajectory you and your audience and changed a lot as well because of yeah the album that you put out rudy which had these massive crossover hits like where's your head at and and romeo that it was time for you to challenge and and change things up for us we just had the chance to be kind of to do some stuff a bit wider because people were listening to what we were doing because both simon and i are into lots of music and it you know basement jacks we started very much djing and that's yeah, based on kind of New York house and early Chicago house. But we were playing, you know, next to Muse and the Arctic Monkeys on main stages. So we needed something that was going to translate to a kind of wider audience. And um, yeah, just to keep the shows interesting and dynamic enough. And so, yeah, which was great for us because it just meant we had to evolve musically. Was it ever really hard? I mean, life is hard and life is easy. Life's all these things. Like, I got up now this morning to speak to you really early in the morning. You could say that's hard. <laughs> Doing the, the orchestral thing, that felt... A couple of people said to me after doing it before, they said, it just feels so fresh. <laughs> and you think, how funny, we've got orchestras playing and it, it's feeling like a, a new thing. Ah, oh, well, look, Felix, thank you so much for joining us and talking about the making of Good Luck, talking about the trajectory of Basement Jack. So we're going to play the song. Are you ready? Are you ready to put down your cup of tea and have a dance? Uh, I am, yeah. <laughs> good luck, good luck. Good luck in your new bed. Into your nightmares, honey. Your rest in your luck, it's Basement Jack's Good Luck for Inspired today. And if you enjoyed that episode... Perhaps you would also like the episode where I spoke to Swedish act Little Dragon about their song Ritual Union. I spoke to Eric and Yukimi and they were talking about how this song was so easy to write over the foundation that Eric had laid down initially. I just remember it. I think the the bass of the song was there, the drums and the chords and the... The, the boings. The boings. <laughs> Wait, which, which bits are you referring... Because there's a lot of different sounds in this song. Which bits are you referring to as the boings? Just the ritual union. 
Cup Traveler. <laughs> Ritual unions got me trouble again. So if you like it, check it out. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and I hope to catch you very, very soon. <laughs>